Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to come and minister. It is truly a joy to be with you and to worship at your church. Uh, this morning, before I get into the topic that I have for today, like I normally do, I will do a quick recap of what we did last month. In case you missed out, uh, we spoke on emotional health and we said in order for us to be emotionally healthy, uh, we must follow certain principles, biblical principles. And the first one we mentioned was we must reveal our hurt, admit it to ourselves, admit it to God and then admit it to somebody who we can trust. And so we spoke about that in our last session. Then we said we must release those who hurt us. Sometimes we hold on to that hurt and we feel that by holding on, uh, we will be able to pay them back. The question is, do we want to get even or do we want to get healed? That's the question. Do you want to get even with the person who hurt you or do you want to get healed? And if you want to get healed, you have to release that person. The third principle we spoke about was release, replace old lies with God's truth. And there are lies that have been spoken over us, by, particularly by authority figures. I spoke about how parents, teachers, people in authority, when they speak words, we internalize those words. And those words sometimes begin to haunt us. As time goes by, when we uh, encounter failure, those words keep coming back to us. And so I spoke about the importance of replacing old lies with God's truth. And God's truth is God's word. I'm accepted. I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir. Uh, I am precious to God. There are so many scripture passages that we can draw on, replace all lies with God's truth. Then the fourth principle I spoke about is refocus on the future. And I gave an illustration. If you remember it, I said, you can't thank God for rear view mirrors. We need it while driving uh, in Bangalore city, particularly, but uh, you can't live your life. Uh, you can't drive your entire journey looking at the rear view mirror. There comes the point when you have to refocus on the future. God has a future for us. Amen. And don't uh, limit what God wants to do in the future. And when you are controlled by the past, uh, when you allow what has happened to you uh, to control you, uh, it prevents what God wants to do in your life for the future. Amen. The, the plans God has for us is good. And the fifth area that we covered after we have been healed, all of us have gone at through some point where we've been hurt emotionally, after we've been healed, after the Lord has ministered to us, the fifth one is reach out to help others. Uh, we must uh, use that experience. You know, in the kingdom of God, not a single experience is wasted. Amen? The good experiences, the bad experiences, uh, we can learn from it and someday, we will be able to minister to others. 2 Corinthians 1.4 God comforts us in our tribulation that we may comfort others with the comfort that we have received. And so once you've been healed, once God has touched your life, now look around. You will find people who desperately need that healing touch. And by the grace of God, after you are healed, you can become a channel of blessing 
to minister to them. So that was uh, for those of you who missed out. Uh, I know it was the holiday season and some of you missed out uh, on that. Today, uh, we're going to talk about uh, physical health, transformed in our physical health. Now, some of this, uh, I am convinced that there are people who have studied or read uh, sufficiently on diet, on health, and there may be people in this church today uh, who may know more than I do. Uh, but I'm going to share biblical principles and for us to think about, to ponder on. And then uh, if you have your two bits to add, uh, would love to listen to you. So at the end of the service, please come and, and talk, to, uh, talk to me. And I'd like to learn a little bit more uh, about health and nutrition. Uh, I just want to say, this is the topic, ideally, you will not hear on a Sunday morning. This is the topic, you will not hear on a Sunday morning. I have not heard uh, it, I've grown up in church, uh, because we don't really focus on, on physical health. In fact, uh, the converse is true. I grew up in a church where we spoke so much about spirituality and we underemphasized physicality. Are you with me? So I grew up in a church that didn't care how your health was or the choices you were making. They never taught about it. In fact, they said, one day we're going to leave this earth and we're going to be uh, eternally with God. So it doesn't matter. This body, any case, is going to be resurrected. And so they had a lopsided understanding. And uh, I, I want to admit, I want to confess uh, that for years uh, I made poor choices. Now, I'm not saying I got into substance abuse or I got into some bad pattern of living, but particularly lack of sleep, uh, not eating on time, uh, making very bad choices till God had to convict me. And I happened to attend a seminar uh, in my doctoral program and that was the turning point. And that's when I woke up, I realized that I need to make some lifestyle changes and I'm so grateful I've done that. And so this morning, it is not out of anything of uh, condemnation that I share this. Not, we are not trying to condemn you. Remember, condemnation is not from the Holy Spirit. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. Amen? I hope you capture that. Condemnation. So don't go around uh, trying to judge somebody else on their uh, health. But rather, we all become good stewards of what God has given us. Let's turn to God's word. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 to verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 to 20. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and stomach for food. But God will destroy them both. This body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By His power, God raised the Lord from the dead. He will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ Himself? Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits 
are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Shall we pray? Lord, we have gathered as your people this morning in your presence. We thank you that you are in our midst. As we meditate on your word through the power of your Holy Spirit, please illuminate truth for us. Show us your truth and give us the strength and the conviction to live according to your truth. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. This morning, I want to talk about a very neglected area of our human existence. In fact, for years, the church has not spoken sufficiently on this topic. Uh, there was a heresy. If you are a student of uh, church history, you would come across this. There was a heresy in the early church called Gnosticism. Uh, and the whole heresy was built on this premise. The premise was that this body is matter. It is evil. And then you have spirit, which is pure. So what you do with your body does not matter. Whatever you do with your body, you can live any way you want. And so they emphasize something called as dualism. You can live any way you want because ultimately what really matters is your spirit and your spirit is connected to God. And so what you do with your spirit matters, what you do with your body does not matter. And that has very subtly over the years crept into the church, crept into thinking, crept into books that have been written, uh, into sermons that have been preached. Uh, this morning... I'm here to say that we believe that we have a body that God has given us. It is holy. It is set apart for God. And there are principles that God has given that should govern the way we live. Uh, today, it is more on orthopraxis. There is orthodoxy and then there is orthopraxis. Orthodoxy is right doctrine. Orthopraxis is right doctrine living how do we live it makes a difference god talk and god walk if you want to put it in simple terms god talk doctrine why we believe what we believe god walk how we live life out it matters and that is what we want to focus on five principles biblical principles about our physical body five biblical principles number one my body is God's property. As a child of God, my body is God's property. And have you heard people who say, what I do with my body is my business? Have you heard people who say that? I know this is harmful for me, but it's my choice. It's my body, it's my life, and you stay out of it. And people back off. Are you with me? But the biblical truth is this. My body, as a child of God, is God's property. If it is God's property, 
he has right over my body amen he has sovereign right to do what he thinks is best for my body to recognize that let me highlight two scriptures that will underline this truth one of course in the passage we read first corinthians 6 19 and 20 where it says do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god notice the next line you are not your own you were bought at a price you know the whole picture of redemption in olden times if somebody had a debt this is the way they dealt with it there would be a period of time at least in the new testament times they would put that announcement of this person owes me this in the marketplace where everyone would see it and if any friend anybody who loved that person said i'm going to bail him out they could pay a price and get that person out of debt are you with me if they did not come out of debt then they would remain a slave to the person and depending on how large the debt you your whole family could become slaves and that's how the whole practice of slavery came into being the principle of buying back if i saw my best friend was going to become a slave what do you think i would do in the new testament times if i was a wealthy benefactor i would pay money redeem my friend from that situation and that is the picture of redemption redemption is to buy back and our body belongs to god not only our body our soul our spirit our entire being belongs to god amen and body is part of that to recognize you are not your own you are bought at a price and then the next line glorify god in this in this body in this body that god has given us we are called to glorify god second verse of course uh, i want to draw your attention to is psalms 139 verse 13 and 14 you created every part of me you put me together in my mother's womb i am fearfully and wonderfully made to look at the human body to look at the human eye recently uh, my mother-in-law went through uh, eye cataract surgery and uh, so i had my wife and i we were in the hospital with her and i was just watching the display board uh, while we were waiting for mom's turn i was watching the display where they were showing all kinds of uh, like eye surgeries the kinds of eye surgeries you know the problems and how they cure it and i was spellbound for those few moments as i watched the different types of surgeries just to think that the human eye is so complex so complex with all our technology we've not been able to create the human eye we've not been able to create the human brain to recognize we are fearfully and wonderfully made we are precious to god every life is precious today we are living in a nation where the value of life is being devalued you with me it it 
hurts tremendously to read that somebody can take the life of somebody because of 10,000 rupees. Did you read that? Did you read that in the newspaper or in the news? Did you follow it? To see that somebody could kill a two and a half or three year old child because the father owed him 10,000 rupees. That's how cheap we have made human life to recognize that biblically our life is valuable. Amen? Human life is valuable both in the womb, uh, a society that does not respect the life in the womb will never respect life when people get older. Are you with me? It is both ways. In the womb, right up till the elderly among us, the senior citizens, to recognize each life is precious and valuable to God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. So the creator owns it. That's one of the, the reasons why we should be taking care of our, our bodies. Number two, God expects that we will manage our body. Like anything that God has given us, you know, if it is wealth, if it is education, if it is opportunities, career, job, health also. God expects that we will manage. And the word manage is a good biblical word uh, that we use to explain manage is the word steward. Who's a steward? A steward is not the owner. A steward has been given something to be managed. If you notice, we in our churches have baby dedications. Why do we have baby dedications? We have baby dedications because we acknowledge the fact that these precious children have been given by God to us. Is that right? And so we dedicate our children to God. And when the pastor or the minister who is doing the dedication hands over the baby, now we believe that God has entrusted this child to me. I'm not the owner. We are only stewards. We are only stewards. That principle is clear when it comes to babies. But somehow when it comes to our bodies, we don't take it seriously. I am not the owner. God is the owner. I am supposed to manage it. Take care of it. In fact, I have to give account for everything that God has given me. I'm supposed to manage it. And then the Apostle Paul makes a very powerful statement. Everything is permissible in verse 12. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. To be under the power of something is when that starts having mastery over your life. In my travels and particularly dealing with young people, I am, I've been asked this question and I felt I must address it in a forum such as this when we talk about this. Pastor, what's your view on social drinking? And so they ask me, what do you say about social drinking? I don't get drunk. You know, I go with my uh, colleagues, we go out for dinner, lunch, uh, official parties, 
what's your view on social drinking i don't get drunk i don't misbehave you know uh, is it fine for me to partake and i i have a response to make everything is not beneficial for me and i will not be mastered by anything that's what the apostle paul wrote under the inspiration of the of the holy spirit i will not be mastered by anything here's a question have you met people who have been mastered by alcohol be honest with me yes or no have you met people under the control of alcohol that they can't live without alcohol have you met people yes or no come on talk to me some of you are looking as no i have never met you have and sometimes we have people in the family our own families cousins or extended family who have succumbed to this addictive pattern these words i will not be mastered by anything is a reminder to us as christians we are called to be sober minded yes have you read that verse where it says be sober minded do you know when you partake in anything that has got uh, the tendency of addict addiction substance abuse particularly it affects your thinking yes no yes uh, there are things that you end up doing saying behaving which is beyond your control and for you to decide and say i want to be sober minded i want to be set apart for god i have made this choice now would sometimes people mock you for it they may but it's your choice you have the power to choose uh, for you to say i will not be mastered by anything if you see the old testament there were a group of people who were called nazarenes sorry nazarites i i mixed up the two words nazarites nazarene of course christ was the nazarene uh, nazarite uh, the nazarite vow one of the conditions in the nazarite vow was they would not partake in strong drink why did they not partake in strong drink because they were set apart for god are you with me they were set apart for god and that is something i am convicted about convinced about i am set apart for god and because i am set apart for god i will not partake in anything that can have mastery over me i will not partake in a social forum in a yeah it may seem odd it may sometimes people may mock me for it that's okay uh, but it's a choice i am making based on scripture i will not be mastered by anything and everything is is uh, not beneficial to me that's what the apostle paul writes i have the right to do anything but everything is not beneficial for me i have a right to do everything but i will not be mastered by anything amen amen if you have more questions on this i'd be happy to respond i want to move on uh, my topic is not whether social drinking is the issue but i needed to make that point particularly uh, dealing uh, with people who work in a place like uh, brookfield whitefield you're in the it sector and you have to encounter this and for us to make that decision i like daniel in the bible who purposed in his heart 
not to defile himself uh, with the king's meat, with the king's uh, wine. He made a decision. He purposed in his heart. He was in Babylon. And nobody could have known. Nobody would have known. Nobody would have even uh, figured it out. His folks were not close to him. But Daniel, because of his commitment to God, he purposes in his heart. I will not defile myself. I will not defile myself with the king's food. I will not defile myself with the king's alcohol, the wine. That they, it's free. It's part of the, the, the training. But Daniel and his four friends purpose. They made that decision. So let me say that and move on. Number three. Number one, my body belongs to God. He's the owner. Number two, I'm expected to manage my body. Number three, my body will be resurrected after I die. Now this is a powerful truth that human minds cannot fully understand. Uh, you know, no matter how your body uh, is laid to rest, there are all kinds of ways in which a body is laid to rest. And what uh, is difficult for me, of course, is the Tower of Silence, which the Parsis use. You know, there are different ways. You can cremate, you can uh, bury, uh, you can lay the body in the Tower of Silence, where from there, uh, vultures and other birds will come and eat up uh, the, the body. Uh, no matter what form you decide to lay the body to rest, Scripture says that my body will be resurrected. Amen. The God who created has the power to recreate. Do you believe that? The God who created us has the power to recreate. I am waiting, you must be waiting for the 2.0 body that God has kept for you. Amen. This is the 1.0 version. Uh, one day we will get a 2.0 version. Okay. And that body does not have sickness in it. Isn't that great? It does not have the aches and pains that you carry. It does not need the, the medication that you are dependent on or I am dependent on. Uh, we are waiting for the redemption when there will be a resurrection. And that resurrection is going to be for all of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And that is a promise. In fact, uh, one of my friends in West Bengal, he got saved by just watching, reading these lines. He was watching a funeral. He was a devout Hindu. And he was watching a funeral procession. And the words on the hearse was, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And my friend Bikash Ghosh became a believer by just reading those lines. We are people who believe in life beyond the grave. Do you believe in that? Yes. That's why we don't mourn like people in the world do. We mourn with hope. We mourn with expectation. When we put our loved ones down to the earth, we say, by the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power will raise this loved one one day. And I will get to see that person. Amen. So my body will be resurrected. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.14 By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead. He will raise us also. And so if you are battling ill health today, to recognize that I am waiting for redemption. I am waiting for the time when God will completely heal me. 
and there will be no pain and no sickness and some of us are so comfortable in this world that we don't want to talk about the other world are you with me we are so comfortable that's why the apostle paul writing to the colossian church said if you are risen with christ seek those things which are above set your affections on things above not on things below set your affection start focusing on some heavenly things start looking at life from a different perspective don't just get so caught up with earthly things that you forget that there is a life beyond this amen there is a life that god has kept for us beyond this and i need to realize that my body will one day be resurrected number 4 jesus bought my body on the cross again that same verse 6 verse 19 and 20 you are not your own you were bought at a price therefore honor god with your body we are called to honor god with this human body amen not just with our words not just with our deeds but also with our human body to recognize i can honor god it's with these hands that we worship god amen and to recognize that's why if you notice the pentecostal tradition of worship we believe in complete participation clapping of hands lifting of hands uh, we get involved body soul and spirit yes we don't stand like a statue uh, we participate in what is happening why do we participate because we want to honor god with our come on talk to me with our human body he is the one who gave us life let everything that has breath praise the lord and we praise god with the expressions of our body amen with our like the posture some people will say why are postures important well postures uh, reveal what's happening on the inside when you sit in an ipl match you don't sit stiff uh, like a statue do you you participate you cheer if you can cheer in an ipl match then you better learn to worship god expressing when you say i worship you i lift my hands i clap my hands then do it are you with me because honor god with your body number 5 the holy spirit lives in my body now listen carefully i do realize you as a congregation are praying for your own a church building and uh, i am i am aware that you have a church fund and you are praying and believing god for provision i i do realize that being in a school building is not the best option because sometimes you are down sometimes you are up sometimes they will say go to some other building and you keep moving as a pilgrim but having said that we also do believe that this body is the temple of the holy spirit this body we don't believe in desecrating a holy space as it is in that context that the apostle paul writes and says he talks about sexual immorality it is in that context so i want you to catch the context first corinthians 6:18 and 19 flee from sexual immorality all other sins a person commits 
are outside the body but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body do you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god once we become a child of god we become the dwelling place of god you may ask the question why the emphasis on the body the body is not just where you and i live the body is where god lives are you with me i hope you captured that truth our body is not just where you and i live god lives in this human body and if god lives the holy spirit lives in us that is reason enough for us to keep it clean and pure for god i know i'm in a church where there are people who love god but it is important as our young people listen we believe that we must be sexually pure sexuality is a gift how many of you recognize that it's a gift god gave in fact god did not count it some people think the original sin was the human physical relationship between adam and eve definitely not in fact god is the one who said procreate fill the earth god blessed them sexuality is approved endorsed and blessed by god in the confines of marriage in the confines of marriage that is where it is blessed approved and endorsed by god outside marriage whether it is extramarital or premarital it is not approved by god we're living in the world where people will say oh we are engaged it's fine i'm going to marry this person but you are not married yet to recognize that before marriage i am supposed to keep my body pure why because the holy spirit lives in me for those of us who are married outside of marriage to recognize that others may do it in the world they may say it's fine we can't because this body is the temple of the holy spirit and you make sure that temples are holy spaces yes or no in our indian context uh, if you enter a temple there there is a code of conduct there is decorum that is maintained yes yes there is decorum why because it is a holy space to recognize that this is a holy space i'm set apart for god this body is the temple of the holy spirit one illustration and then i will draw some practical applications for us fire is it good or bad it is good and bad it is good in the appropriate place while it is good in the kitchen for cooking it is not good in the bedroom while we are sleeping are you with me fire has a place a space so is it with sexuality god has a space for it and that space is the the covenant of marriage it is in that space where it is blessed it is in that space where it is endorsed and approved by god 
and anything outside that whether it's extramarital or premarital in the eyes of god we are sinning against god when we defile this body and so to live in a world and to say lord i want to honor you with this body having said that now i would like to draw some practical implications about how we live and i will talk about five areas uh i want to talk about food i want to talk about the need for exercise again based on scripture i want to talk about sleep i want to talk about stress and i want to talk about rest is that fine shall i just quickly touch these five and then we will go back into a time of prayer and commitment biblically food we have been asked uh in the old testament there were clear guidelines uh, as to food restrictions and some of it in the new testament we are not asked to do it are you with me in fact uh in the new testament uh in the jerusalem council found in acts 15 the only stipulation was don't eat meat with blood and don't eat a uh, food that has been offered uh as a sacrifice uh, to an idol so these are the two stipulations but looking at the old testament Uh, there has been research done and studies done and if you look at some of the dietary restrictions given in the old testament uh, modern science corroborates what the old testament said are you with me modern science corroborates what the old testament said uh, particularly on the foods we were allowed to eat and not eat now we are not legislating that I'm not saying don't eat shrimps because in the old testament you couldn't eat shrimps you can't eat pork there are many things that you can't eat uh, based on the old testament I'm not here to legislate that but for us to be mindful as we eat and particularly those of us who as we grow older to recognize that if this body is the temple if I am supposed to manage this body what I eat matters and there's plenty written on this we live in the information age you can uh, read up sufficiently on foods that harm and foods that heal there are books on it okay foods that harm there's a famous book foods that harm foods that heal there are foods that have healing properties there are foods that really harm us particularly uh, particularly after an age so for us to recognize that number 2 to talk uh, of course the scripture for that i want to mention is daniel 1 and verse 8 daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with food like so there are certain foods that can harm us uh, i know we are in the new testament i know we are free from the law i know that we are not bound by the uh, legal stipulation in the old testament uh, but for us to recognize that there are foods that harm there are foods that heal and to be conscious to be careful in what we eat and how we eat number 2 the whole area of exercise uh looking at scripture the apostle paul writing to timothy and saying bodily exercise uh is useful has its value uh and first uh timothy that's found in first timothy 4 and verse 8 bodily exercise 
has its value. Godliness, of course, has value both in this present life and in the world to come. But bodily exercise has its value. I believe the Lord Jesus was an extremely healthy person. Uh, for him to carry the cross, to climb that mountain, uh, to do the things, the, the torture uh, that uh, he underwent, and still to be able to handle that, many of us would have given up long time back if we were in his place. Uh, for us to take care of the body that God has given us, to build it into our schedule, to say, yes, I'm going to manage my body because I love God and because I want to honor God with my body. And so for us to ponder on that and for some of us to make some decisions and to say, you know, I didn't have, uh, let me say this, as a minister, uh, traveling, preaching, uh, counseling, and, and you know, your schedule gets full. Uh, I found it difficult to take time out for personal exercise. Till I went to that seminar I mentioned about and God spoke to me and convicted me. And sitting there, I made a decision. I said, I'm going to club my prayer time and my walk time. You've heard of watch and pray. Uh, mine is walk and pray. Are you with me? Uh, watch and pray, walk and pray. Watch while you're walking. But I use my, one of my times of prayer besides the several times in a day is when I go for a long walk and I use that time to pray. Are you with me? Find ways how you will build it into your schedule. I don't know what works for you. If you're a morning person, evening person, or whatever person you are, uh, decide what will work for you. Stick to that and make a decision. We are going to be healthy by the grace of God. Amen? Number three, here's an important issue. Sleep. Uh, this is a neglected issue uh, in our generation. Uh, we, uh, you'll ask me, how do you know? I live on a campus. I served as dean of students for certain years. And uh, because of my work and my studies, I, I had to stay up late into the night. Of course, I would compensate by the afternoon siesta that I would take. Uh, but I noticed that several people would be online at 2, 3 in the morning, sending messages, doing stuff. And I would wonder, when do these people sleep? We are a sleep-deprived generation. How many of you recognize that? Yes, no? Yes? I want you to read up on sleep a little bit. And part of my paper, one of my papers in my doctoral work was on sleep. I wrote a paper on it. I researched scripturally the number of times sleep is mentioned in the Bible. Uh, I want you to know all created beings need sleep. You with me? Sleep is proof that you are a created being. Only God does not need sleep. The God of the Bible, he neither sleeps nor slumbers. He doesn't get tired, he doesn't get weary. All created beings need sleep. Uh, your sleep will affect your health tremendously. It will affect your blood pressure, it will affect your, your blood sugar, it will affect your stress levels, it will affect your cholesterol, it will affect every... You can read up, I read up on this. And that's when I stopped and pondered and realized sleep is so vital for us. Uh, you know, when you sleep, your body regenerates itself. Your brain regenerates itself. You can go without food for certain days, go without sleep for three days, and you would realize that you are a wreck. You are not able to concentrate. You are not able to 
you know it's worse than going without uh, you you will come to an inebriated state without sleep and yet some of us are total workaholics we work several hours sleep very less and we we take pride in that we take pride i i met people who said i sleep four hours and the rest of the time i give it to god uh, you know it's going to catch up with you someday uh, research has shown that sleep is necessary minimum minimum bare minimum six hours if you can get seven praise god if you get eight it's a luxury now you are entering beauty sleep are you with me but nonetheless sleep is vital uh, for us our body needs it uh, the psalmist says i will lay down and sleep because you are lord watch over me and that's david writing when he is running away from absalom one of the dark moments of his life psalms 3 where he says i will not be afraid of 10000 people who have set themselves against me i will lay down and sleep because you o lord protect me uh, for us to come to that point you know you've used that expression have you used the expression uh, i have i slept like a child yes have you used that expression yes uh, yes yes i slept like a child well it's time that you sleep like a child because you have a heavenly father who is watching over you amen you know no matter what your age is today you if you would ask and in psalms 127 it says it's vain for you to rise up early to stay up late uh, he gives his beloved sleep he gives his beloved sleep and so for you to just ponder on that i want you because this body is important to god and if it is important to god we must be taking care of this body for us to sleep for us to sleep peacefully and to pray lord if i'm if you're struggling with sleep i want to say technology is something that we must wean ourselves away from uh, sometimes the last thing we do uh, is use our smartphones and uh, the first thing we do when we get up because our alarm is on our smartphone Uh, is to look at our smartphone so we are so wired so wired to technology and if you are struggling with sleep to slow down and to say i need to sleep and i'm going to lay my burdens at the feet of god and sleep and uh, if you have sleep deprivation uh, using your weekends or whatever time to catch up uh, please do because your body is the temple of the holy spirit the fourth area that i want to talk about is stress and uh, those of you uh, who work in the it sector i don't need to define stress for you uh, your bosses set the deadline and you comply and uh, you understand what stress is uh, for us to realize we are called not to be anxious about anything one of my favorite verses is don't be anxious about anything but in everything through prayer and supplication let your request be made known unto god and the peace that passes understanding will keep your heart and mind that's philippians 4 6 and 7 don't be anxious about anything don't don't get stressed out don't carry uh, too many worries upon yourself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof sufficient unto the day if today is taken care of let's not stress about 
tomorrow and day after now i'm not saying don't plan don't book your tickets don't plan your travel itinerary that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is it's time we learn to cast our burdens upon the lord uh, psalms 55:22 cast your burden upon the lord he will sustain you first peter 5:7 cast your burden upon the lord he cares for you to deal with the whole area of stress so we've spoken about food exercise sleep stress finally the fifth one and then we will get into a time of prayer i want to talk about sabbath rest now don't mistake that i'm seven day adventist i'm not uh, i am assemblies of god absolutely connected to the assemblies of god uh, but i want to highlight something that i didn't realize for many years sabbath is a biblical principle it's a biblical principle why god instituted the sabbath why was the sabbath instituted for human beings man was not made for the sabbath the sabbath was made for human beings we were supposed to accept the sabbath as a gift from god but we have unfortunately got into the rut of working 7 days a week and that is a gross violation of god's word now i do realize some weekends you may end up working a little harder but do you compensate i didn't for many years i was burning the candle on both ends till i did some reading on the sabbath and that convicted me i came to realize that sabbath is a principle it's not about saturday it's not about sunday that's not the issue it's a principle and i hope and pray that you will catch it if you are in the arab world you would be worshiping on a friday if you are in nepal you will be worshiping on a saturday if you are uh, in the rest of the world you will be worshiping on a sunday it's not about which day of the week it's about the principle of rest do you know sabbath is part of the 10 commandments are you aware of that have you thought about it nine of those commandments if you break it as a minister i will be asked to step down but this one commandment if i break it i will get more and more promotion and that's the sabbath because we don't take it seriously we are instructed in scripture to have a day of rest the bible says god rested now does he need rest does god need rest no then why did god rest it was for illustrative purposes have you heard sometimes parents refer to each other as go and tell daddy this or go and tell mummy this now definitely they are not daddy and mummy for each other definitely not but it is just for illustrative purposes for the kids that you say tell mummy this or tell daddy this God was for illustrative purposes telling us you need a day of rest how you get that day of rest is up to you a day of rest where you can cease from your labor and enjoy a day of rest and i've come to realize that that is so important for families 
for your 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 family needs you your children need you your spouse needs you and that's not going to happen till you intentionally deliberately choose to have a day of rest so monday to friday i am caught up with uh, bible college and all that i do at the seminary sundays i'm out ministering in different churches my day of rest is saturday and this has only happened over the last 4 years i want to confess i did not have a day of rest i did not have uh, till my wife would say you are pushing yourself too hard and i you know when wives say you you stop and think in your heart they are nagging are you with me now i'm fine i'm doing okay but then later on when i read sometimes your wife is the voice of the spirit talking to you and you don't recognize it you know it was the voice of the spirit telling me but i was not recognizing it till i read it until god spoke to me and i i i pondered and i said no i need to slow down i need because i was uh in my late 30s i began to have uh, serious health challenges particularly in the area of digestion lack of sleep wrong eating traveling eating different kinds of food uh, not having a schedule of sleep all put together resulted in a breakdown of my health about 7 8 years ago and from then i made some conscious choices i need to change i need to take care of the body that god has given me i've said enough uh, i'll be open to a conversation at the end if you want to talk if you don't agree with me that's fine uh, i'm not asking you to agree with all the viewpoints but don't disagree with the five principles you may disagree with whether you should sleep how many hours or what food exercise all that don't disagree with the five principles i'm going to go over that again and lead us into a time of prayer the five principles are this my body is god's property number 2 god expects me to manage my body number 3 my body will be resurrected after i die number 4 jesus bought my body on the cross the holy spirit lives in my body this morning i want us to take a few moments to make some commitments you know every time you hear god's word it's important you make some decisions i hope and pray that you will make some decisions today with every head bowed is a solemn moment this is god's word if you will make the decision maybe it's the area of sleep maybe it's bad choices with food maybe it is the whole area of handling stress maybe it's the sabbath following the sabbath principle a day of rest in whatever way you want to make that decision of responding to god would you say lord i want to honor you with this body forgive me for times when i have made some mistakes in the way i have handled my body but from today this day i want to honor you with my body give me the strength now listen this is not to condemn you the holy spirit will convict you as he convicts you would you make that commitment if you need to repent go ahead in your own words from your heart talk to the lord and say lord i failed you in this but from this day forward i want to honor you i want to honor you with my body give me the grace
This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you, with all that is within me, I give you praise, all that I adore is in you, Lord I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I'd live for that I take every moment I'm away Lord have your way in me Lord I give you my heart I give you my soul I'd live for you that I take every moment I'm away Lord have your way in me I want to invite you if you are making a decision that I want to honor God with the choices I make concerning my body uh, would you join me as we pray? I'm going to ask you to stand where you are. Not everybody. If you're making that commitment today, if you are saying, yes, some, I made some bad choices, but by the grace of God, I will honor my God with the body that God has given me. Uh, if you feel led, join with me. I am praying that prayer today myself. I want to honor God with my body. If you feel led, join with me as we pray together and commit ourselves, whatever the area, maybe the area of food, maybe the area of sleep, maybe the area of stress, maybe the area of exercise, maybe the area of rest, Sabbath, whatever it is, if you will make that commitment and pray along with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that has the power to change us. We admit that many times we have not been good stewards of our body, we have made poor choices. Today, Lord, we repent and we ask that through the power of your spirit, you will enable us to be good stewards of the body that you have given us. We want to honor you with our bodies. Lord, we pray for those who are battling ill health. We pray for your healing touch upon them. For those who are struggling with other undisclosed health challenges, we pray that your grace will be sufficient for them. If it is a chronic problem, we pray that you would give them strength to manage that, that condition. We pray for miraculous healing of our body. You said when we serve you, you will bless our food, you will bless our water, you will take sickness from the midst of us. And so today we pray that you will remove sickness from the midst of us. Your Holy Spirit will touch us in a fresh way. Thank you for speaking to us. 
we honor you today not just with our words we honor you with the body that you have given us in jesus mighty name we pray amen amen